Thank you for listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and His Word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. I am excited about uh, this particular message and this series that we're in entitled Body Blows. And it's been great so far. The first weekend we discussed depression. That the enemy, the reason why he attacks the body of Christ so much is because he cannot attack the head. So this is why the body of Christ is always dealing with a blow, something that the enemy is trying to bring into our lives, our circumstances, to disrupt us from the relationship that we have with God. And so depression was the first week. Last week we discussed fear, and worship was amazing, but it was kind of weird for me because like I'm in worship, and then I heard myself talking. And then I'm like, is my mic on? <laughs> and then I was like, it, but is my mouth moving? <laughs> like, this mic is picking up my thoughts. This, this, this mic is too good. Um, so that was, that, that was amazing. And I would just want to thank the worship team. You all did an incredible job. Incredible, incredible job. Uh, today, it, uh, all my nerds take notes because... Nerds rule the world. So if you, if you have uh, some notebook paper, if you have your phone out, get ready to take some notes. If you're not a note taker, take notes anyway, uh, because I think we'll be, this will be beneficial to you. So Proverbs chapter number 18, uh, verse number one. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation, but there's actually uh, this particular verse translates better in the New King James or the King James Version, uh, uh, but I'm going to use a New King James for this, but I want to read it out of the NLT first because that's our standard, and then I'll give it to you uh, in New King James. Here's what it says. Unfriendly people care only about themselves. They lash out at common sense. Unfriendly people care only about themselves. They lash out at common sense. Since. But here's what it says in the New King James. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. So in uh, this third installment of Body Blows, the title of this message is simply Isolation. One of the body blows that the enemy is always swinging at the body of Christ is isolation, to get people to withdraw from community and actually withdraw from the body of Christ and become their own self-contained unit. You've heard it before. I have my own personal relationship with God. I don't need to go to church. I don't need organized religion. That's, that's man-made I, have, I read my Bible. I don't need a preacher telling me anything. It's isolation. And when you become isolated from the body of Christ, you will start forming your own desires. And you will start raging against sound judgment or common sense. Have you ever been around a person who's isolated from community or isolated from the rest of the world, somebody's in the back going like this. Yes, I do. If you're sitting next to him, just look straight ahead and just wink at me. They get weird. 
And they get weird very, very quickly. And when you try to give them practical common sense, because they've been isolated from community, they don't even know how dumb they sound. They started to formulate opinions about the world and, and, and about people that you're like, do you, have you, do you get out much? I'm not sure if you, that's not, that's not even a thing. Yes, it is. All of y'all are wrong and I'm right. And the only reason why you're right, because you're by yourself all the time and you agree with you a lot. No one else agrees with you, but you agree with you a lot. And when you withdraw from community and start to isolate yourself from the body of Christ, you start to rail and rage against sound judgment. And common sense. When you don't think you need anybody because you got it all together, you start to distance yourself from wisdom and common sense. Have you ever heard this? I have a personal relationship with God. I don't need to go to a counselor. Holy Spirit tells me everything I need to know. Isolation. I read my word. You can't tell me anything. Whatever the Lord's going to reveal to you, he'll reveal to me. Isolation. So if you are that person, you will not survive this message. And if if you know that person, you, you will be armed with a lot of scripture today to help them get over this isolation and to re-engage with the body of Christ. Here's my warning. This message is going to stretch you theologically. From my very first point, some of you all are going to tighten up in areas. <laughs> the more religious among us, from my first point, you're going to be like, mm-mm, mm-mm, the devil is a lie. I'm a... I can't believe you invited me to this church. This is a cult. I'm leaving. I'm telling you, the first one's going to be absolutely disruptive, so I'm just telling you now, because from the first point, you're going to be like, what? It's going to go against everything you've probably been taught, but I got Bible for it, and we can have a a lovely theological discussion if you would like me to extrapolate more. Point number one, write this down. Let me just get together. Okay. Are y'all ready? Are you sure? Point number one, write this down. God is not enough. Mm Mm-hmm. I told you. God is not enough. You need people in your life. Because a relationship vertically with God will not be enough for you to be the person he has called you to be. I told you it's tight. Four rows, lost you. (laughs) Fix it. (laughs) I didn't say this. He said this. Genesis chapter number two. 
Verse number 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Period. There is not a comma after that statement. There is not an and after that statement. Listen to me. This statement isn't a marriage statement. It's a relationship statement. It is not good for man to be alone. Well, I just don't, I don't express my feelings and I, I don't do that. I didn't come from a family that did that. Break the curse. It's that simple. Go to counseling and break the curse. You do not have to stay like that. Why would you cognitively be aware, consciously be aware of the fact that there's silence that has been in your family? You know it hasn't been a good family. There's been nobody that, there's no family that's ever kept secret and been functional. There's a word in front of that, dis. We didn't share our thoughts and emotions. Well, and you didn't feel love either. <laughs> my dad never told me you loved me a day in my life. Well, we need to get that addressed. Be because you were not made, you were not created to be alone. And I did not say that. And no psychotherapist said that. God said that. He created man, put him in the garden, and then said, it's, it's not good. It is not good for him to be alone, period. And he gives him Eve, and then they have kids, and then we get these wonderful relationships that are supposed to ensue because God built us for community. He built us to need each other. He designed it that way. So... So when we start talking about isolation and people withdrawing from the body, here's what God says about it. That's not going to be good for you because I'm not going to be enough for you. Imagine God saying that. The God of the universe creating Adam, put him in the garden. They have this wonderful relationship and God actually looks down and says, I'm not going to be enough for you. You need other relationships. I created you, and I'm glad we have this relationship, but you're going to need somebody beside me to bond with. Because after you come out of your prayer closet, you need to be able to share that with somebody else. You need to be able to grab coffee, and the same thing that you just poured out to me in prayer, you need to be able to pour out with them in private. I actually made you. I made you to do that. Which brings me to point number two. Write this down. God is okay with not being enough. <laughs> I'll say it again. God is okay with not being enough. He's not offended that you need a friend. Since he's the one that created relationships in the first place, he's actually not even offended that you need somebody else to talk to besides him. It's quite okay with him for you to pour out yourselves in prayer and it feel like it's not enough. And then you talk to somebody about it and go, oh, now I feel better. I mean, I took it to the Lord in prayer, but you actually hollered back. So that was good. 
I got frustrated and you actually affirmed the fact and validated the fact that I was frustrated. And that just felt good because I know God probably felt the same way, but man, so much better with skin on. <laughs> so glad he set this whole thing up this way. Let me give you some scripture on this. Let me preface it first. This is Exodus chapter number four, starting at the 13th verse. Uh, but this is God speaking with Moses. Now, get this. Moses is talking to a burning bush. This is one of the most hilarious stories in the whole Bible for me, okay? He's talking to a burning bush. Okay, get that, okay? Not only, it's talking to him, but he's talking back. Okay, so this is certified 5150 right here, okay? This is craziness personified. He's talking to a bush. Bush is talking back. It's burning up, but it won't be consumed. The bush tells him, go into Egypt <laughs> and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses is like, mm, 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 no, nah, I'm good. He goes, no, I'm going to be with you. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to be El Shaddai. He gives him a name that no one else has heard up until this point. The God that is more than enough. I'm going to be the blank check God. Not Jehovah Jireh, not Jehovah Shalom, not Je Jehovah Rofi, not, not Jehovah Sikhanu, not, not all of these other names. I'm going to be the blank check God. Not an attribute of my personality. Whatever you need me to be, I will be that. He had that revelation and still didn't want to go. Mm, thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Not going. He said, what's that in your hand? He said, it's a stick. He said, put it on the ground. He put it on the ground and turned into a snake. It turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Ah! He said, now pick it up by his tail. He picked it up by his tail. It turned back into a stick. That's impressive. Moses' response, still not going. <laughs> put your hand in your cloak. Put it in his cloak, pulled it out. It turned into a leprous, a leprous hand. He put it back into his cloak, brought it out. It was as healthy as the day before it turned into leprosy. And Moses' response, that's awesome. But I'm good. Goes down to the river now, scoops up some water, pours it out on the ground. It turns into blood. This is this, Moses having the best day ever in terms of manifestations of God's presence. We ain't talking about a little gold dust. Get sucked up into an air vent. We're going to worship it for four months. Remember gold dust day? He says, I'm still not going. So the last time he does this, here's what it says in verse number 13. But Moses again pleaded. This is after all the Lord's manifestations. Lord, please send anyone else. Then the Lord became angry with Moses. I want you to consider what he's angry about. All right, he said. What about your brother, Aaron the Levite? I know he speaks well. And look, he is on his way to meet you now. He will be delighted to see you. Talk to him and put the words in his mouth. I will be with both of you as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your, your spokesman to the people. He will be your mouthpiece, and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say. God did not become angry with Moses because he needed a friend, because that's not what Moses requested. God became angry with Moses because he did not want to assume the responsibility. And God's solution 
was a friend. Lord, please send anyone else. No, Moses, you going. I'm not choosing anybody else. But if you're this scared, look, your brother's coming. He can go with you. I'm okay with not being enough. If you don't think you can do this by yourself, I will send you a friend. You don't have to do this by yourself. I know you've prayed for a spiritual breakthrough for five years, but you probably need a spiritual breakthrough and a friend if it's going to stick. And I'm okay with not being enough, y'all. I hope you get this. I am so on fire about this message because I really do feel like the Lord today wants to build a nuclear fusion between the residents of Embassy City Church. I'm not saying everybody in here is going to become your best friend, but I'm saying that in community, you should find one or two people that you can talk about your issues and your situations with. Because God is not going to be enough, and he's okay with that. Now, I know there's some theologians in here, you're about to run through your Bible and try to disprove this. You're not going to be able to. I'm going to save you the trouble. Do not even crack open Genesis and try to go to Revelation. To try, it, won't, it won't work. Let me give you some scriptures out of Proverbs. Proverbs 27 and 6. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than kisses from an enemy. Proverbs 27, 9. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Proverbs 27, 17. Come on, Proverbs 27. Good old friendship chapter. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Here's what God is saying. Hey, I'm okay not being enough to correct you, counsel you, and sharpen you. If you don't get it directly through me in prayer, I'll give it to you through your friend at lunch. You hardly listen to me anyway. That's why I gave you a friend. That's why I gave you a church. That's why I gave you somebody to get in your business. That's why I give people gift of discernment. That's why I give people word of knowledge. Because I'll be prompting you for four months. You still won't listen. Then somebody comes up to you. I really sense that the Lord is saying, you're like, (laughs) how did you know? God's sitting up there on his throne like, are you kidding me right now? Go back and look in your journal. I told you this four times in six weeks. But now a prophet shows up and you're like, get your life. What are you doing? He gave us friendships because he knows sometimes you're not going to listen to him directly. Any parents in the room? Y'all already know. Oh, Lord, Jesus. Tell your kids something. 14 years. They go off to one camp. Come back home. A coach said, let's clean my room, and I think I should do it. What the... Yo, coach, got you to clean your room? (laughs) 
told you this 14 years. All my life. <laughs> Y'all go to the movies. Go to the movies. I don't got time. I don't have time for it. He's okay with not being enough. You need friends. Well, I, I've tried friends. They don't work. I've been betrayed by friends. They don't work. I already tried it. I've, I've been betrayed. I've got my heart broke. They violated my trust. And so I, I don't do that no more. And I opened up at a church before, and it became fodder for the sermon the next week. And so I don't trust church. And so I, don't have, I, I just don't have time for it. Yes, you do. If you, if you can't get a friend, pay for one. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I don't care. I'll pay for it. Go, 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 go to a counselor. Put $80 on the table. And say, you're going to listen to me for an hour. <laughs> and I'm going to throw up on you. And after that hour's over, I'm leaving. I'm not checking on you. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm not going to even ask you how you're doing. I'm going to pay you to listen to me. Because I need to get some stuff out. Because I just got a revelation that God's not enough. He's okay with not being enough. And he knows that I need a relationship that will allow me to talk about the stuff that's on the inside of my heart. Because if I don't get that, I will not be okay. And listen to me. You will not be okay. Every instance in the 21 years that I've been saved, every instance where the enemy has deceived me into becoming distance, distant from the body of the Christ or anybody else that I know that's become distance, it does not go well for them. You get weird, you, get a, you, you start getting offended, you get critical, you get nasty, you get bitter. It is not fun to be disconnected from the body. So don't let the enemy deceive you. Point number three, write this down. God won't let himself be enough. <laughs> oh, this is so good. God won't let himself be enough. Matthew chapter number 26, verse number 36. Then Jesus, who is Jesus? Isn't he God? Anybody got that much theology down? That he is Emmanuel, God with us. All God, fully man. Y'all know that's, okay, okay, I just wanted to make sure. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, God said, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He brought friends with him. He brought people. God brought some people with him to go pray about this situation that he had to 
do called the cross. He went, a little, he went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, Father, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. So let me get this straight. Jesus brought his friends into the most excruciating moment of his life, said, will not you stay here and pray, went to have this vertical conversation with God the Father, then came back to his friends. Do you think, you see in the picture, we're supposed to go vertically to God and then come horizontally to our friends. I come vertically to God, then I come horizontally to my friends. Hey, friends, I want y'all to pray with me concerning this. I'm going to go pray to God, but then I'm going to come back and check with you. It says, then he returned to his disciples. And found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watching, pray so that you will not give in to temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went a third time to pray, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest, but look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. God wouldn't let himself be enough. He takes friends into this moment, and, and here's the, 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 the criticism we've given Peter, James, and John for a long time. They couldn't even stay awake with the Savior. Couldn't even, couldn't even pray with him an hour. Most of us can't pray an hour. Heart check. Here's, here's what I love about this moment. Even if they couldn't pray, they could be present. Let me tell you about the power of friendships, the power of relationship, the, body, the power of the body of Christ. Sometimes I don't even need you to say. If I just know you're here, I'll be okay. Remember, I have a God sister that lost her mom, and she called me crying, and I drove to the house, and I walked in the door and gave her a big hug and sat down on the couch and I did not open my mouth for two hours. What was I going to say? Well, you know, the Lord is present in the time of trouble. At least your mama's in heaven. We say stupid stuff when people are grieving. And let's just let me give you a tip so you don't wind up saying stupid stuff. Um, just shut up and show up. Shut up and show up and just sit there. And if they need anything from you, they'll, they'll ask. But the power of your presence 
I just need to be in the presence of Jesus, bless God. Put on my praise and worship music. I just need his presence. You are going to need more than God's presence. And he's okay with it. Because God was okay with it. And God wouldn't even let himself in the most vulnerable moment of his life. Jesus had often went alone to pray. Why would this be any so different? Why, why didn't he go alone this day? It was too much for him. And he's God. So he brought some friends. <laughs> and if you can't stay awake, just stay. Just stay here and be with me. And I'll be okay. Hebrews chapter number 10. I'm giving you a lot of Bible. Hebrews chapter number 10, uh, starting at the 23rd verse. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Think of ways to motivate one another, okay? And let us not neglect our meeting together. As some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Here's what I desire Embassy City Church to be. One of the most loving, nurturing, encouraging places that you could ever spend 90 minutes on a Sunday. That when you come in here, you're like, oh, I'm not going to be judged. I might be corrected, but I won't be judged. I'll be loved. I'm going to get a hug, even if I don't want a hug. These people are too huggy (laughs) for me. My dry cleaning bill went up. (laughs) All this makeup on my shoulder. (laughs) Hi. What are you? Just lean in. You don't have to. Don't dip and come up. That's. That's where that comes from. Neck out, bow, bow. That's how you do that. Okay. Just some tips. This is what we're here for. Community. This is what we're here for. Okay. Don't forsake this. You need this. The enemy will convince you you need a break from this. (laughs) You need this like you need a good gym. Anybody got a gym membership? Anybody got a personal trainer? Uh, anybody got, you got days that you don't want to get up and go, but your money is there? That's your only motivation. You don't like them that much. You're like, I, that is $90. I got to go. <laughs> okay? And then after the workout, you feel great. But in the morning, you did not feel like doing it. How many times do you wake up on a Sunday and go, ah, can't wait till Embassy City gets streaming. That way I can just stay home. <laughs> Only reason why I'm showing up so often right now is because they ain't got streaming. I'll be the two-on-two-off as soon as we go to live. No, you need this. And you don't get this with a laptop in your bed because you alone. Still getting the word, and you getting crazy. Get on in here. Get back on. Get back in here. Get. Bring your whole self. 
Now, y'all know, if you've been through an engaged class, you know I'm not talking about perfect attendance because I'm not here every single weekend. Well, I'm talking about consistency. There's nobody that's going to grow in their relationship with the Lord two on, two off. Don't forsake the meeting, okay? Last two, James 5.16. Ooh, this is going to cook somebody. Confess your sins to each other. Ah! And pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. First John says, confess your sins to God who is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins. That is absolutely correct. You know what else the Bible says? Confess your sins to each other. I know you don't want this one. But confessing to God is not enough. I know you didn't want that one. I, I didn't say repent. Repentance, you do that to the Lord. That, that's, that's his. But confession, Scripture says, it's good for the soul. I know a lot of people that have confessed a whole bunch of stuff to the Lord. And because they've never confessed it in relationship horizontally, they still feel bottled up and trapped. There's a reason why there's a such thing called deathbed confessions. Because contrary to popular belief, I can keep a secret. I can take a secret to my grave. Your body's not intended to. So take off your badge of honor. I can keep a secret. Because you're not actually built to keep secrets. You're created to hold things in confidence, but not to keep a secret that's eating up your soul. And you're wondering, I prayed and prayed and prayed, but I feel still terrible because God is over there peeking over the balcony of heaven, waiting for this horizontal thing to spill out of your mouth. It has nothing to do with salvation. It has something to do with freedom. You'll be saved with all your secrets. You'll be saved. And I have theology for that, too. You just won't be free. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I had a ridiculous porn addiction. Ridiculous. And every time I fell and relapsed, I prayed to God, oh, Lord, help me. Oh, Lord, help me. Oh, Lord, help me. I was still bound. So I started getting counseling, confessing it to my wife, confessing it to my friend. And then the, the, the thing started, that, that grip started loosening off of me because I had somebody in the flesh to look at. Somebody that would actually weep with me over bondage. I know God's brokenhearted about it, but to see tears come out of somebody else's eyeballs changed the way it looked to me. Galatians chapter number six, verses one through three. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful. Not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Underline this. Share each other's burdens. I lay my burdens on Jesus. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. I know you did. Now lay it on your friend. Because Jesus wasn't enough and he's okay with that. Share each other's burdens 
and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself because you are not that important. Thank you, NLT. (laughs) Said it like I felt it. (laughs) You are not that important. Let's come out of isolation back into the body. We do alter ministry after every message. And we actually count how many people come to the altar every single week. Has nothing to do with, oh, yeah, look how many people responded to that message. It's a health check for this church. I want to see how hot this church is. It's my acronym for honest, open, and transparent. I want to pastor a hot church. And a hot church to me, an honest church, an open church, a transparent church, are when people are not afraid when a message hits them to come up to the front and go, mm. I mean, I prayed for it back there, but go ahead and get me. Can you just, I need to touch and agree with somebody because I, man, oh boy, blah. And the person that's up here is going, yeah, me too. Been through that or, man, never been through that, but let me pray for you. That had to be horrible. Let's celebrate the fact that you just got that up and out. The enemy doesn't have any hold on somebody that has their mouth open. The only bondage the enemy has on people is when they cannot open their mouth and confess, this is where it hurts. And I know you've been trained to be strong and independent and resilient, and I don't need anybody, and nobody was there for me, and sometimes you just go through stuff, and you just got to take it on the chin. Stop. I'm not really into my feelings. I'm just, I just move on, and you've moved past a lot of hurt. And there's a bunch of stuff you haven't grieved. And I think the Lord is just saying, I need you to slow down real quick. Because you're not just pulling away from me. You're pulling away from us. And if you pull away from us, it's just going to be very, very bad for you. So come back. Come back home. Mind, body, and soul, come back home. And be in community. Because it's the best place for the body to be. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.